do you live here? Like you, you live on the boat? Like, like, where do you think I live? Like, what do you mean? You think I go home every day? Like, DCL Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, we had a listener question come in on the voicemail line. And so it's always a great opportunity for me to remind folks out there that we even have a voicemail line. And if you want to call and leave us questions or comments, we love to incorporate them into the show. We actually had also someone call in with a comment that we will play as well. If you want to reach us, we have a Google voicemail line. The number is 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. You can just leave us a message there. Don't worry, we won't pick up. Uh, we won't answer the call. Just go straight into our voicemail line. You can leave us a message and we will listen to it and we may play it and respond to it on the air. You can also send us an email with questions and we just love to answer listener questions out in the open so everyone can benefit from the responses. But with that, let's dive into our first voicemail. Hi, Brian and Samantha. This is Sarah from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I do apologize. My voice is a little raspy, but we post in the summer camp and then in Disney World. So I'm a little hoarse, but I really enjoy listening to your podcast. We are about to take our very first ever family cruise and all of our first ever Disney cruise in July on the Wiz. And I've gotten so many good tips from all of your podcasts, but have a few specific questions maybe you can help me with. Um, the first one is about port arrival times at Canaveral. Um, are they a hard arrival time or can you arrive and park and enter the terminal early? I've seen some vlogs on YouTube where guests show up early and they're turned away or told to wait. And then I've seen other ones where they're like, oh, hop in the line. And sometimes they even let them board early if their boarding group hasn't been called. So I was just curious um, what you all have seen and heard from that. Uh, my second question is about Ocean Years Club. And the best way to communicate with kids who don't necessarily have a cell phone yet. Um, ours are eight and three. And we have some neighbors that recently did a whisk sailing and they use glossy talkies. Uh, my husband does not believe that this was a thing because of the sit being made of steel, but they said it worked. So I wanted to know if you've ever heard of anyone doing that or if you have another way of communicating with your kids uh, while they're in Oceaneers Club, just in case. And then my last question, I'm hearing so many things about lunch on Embarkation Day. We made a little rookie mistake and didn't register right at midnight on 30 days out because we were at Walt Disney World. So we have a 1245 board time. And it sounds like the Marshalline Market indoor seating might be completely gone at this time. Maybe our kids want to go swim and be on a pool deck. I'd really like to keep my 230 champagne tasting. But I'm so new to cruising, I'm like totally overwhelmed with what to do for that lunch on Embarkation Day. Um, and I know you all tend to recommend the down dining as well. So any thoughts you have on all of these would be great. Thanks again so much for all that you do. Bye. Well, Sarah, first off, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for calling in with these questions are great questions. And we would love to answer them for you. And so I'm going to tackle the port arrival times and the walkie talkies. And Sam is going to talk about her favorite thing, which is embarkation day lunch uh, on port arrival time. So I will say, during COVID, port arrival times are being strictly, strictly enforced. I mean, we showed up at one point with like an 11.30 port arrival time at like 11.10 or something crazy like that. And they spun us and made us wait. 
I think your mileage varies at Port Canaveral these days in terms of whether they're enforced or not. I also have a feeling it could also depend on whether you're trying to show up at 11 a.m. with a 1 p.m. of port arrival time because, you know, that's a pretty big disparity and they are trying to manage traffic through the port. There's there's a lot of seating space inside the terminal, but it can get uncomfortable and crowded pretty quickly. But, you know, if you've got like a 1245 and you're showing up at noon, I don't know that they would turn you away. The only other things that we've heard are that like the parking garage doesn't open, I think, before 1030. So if you're trying to get in before 1030 and park, forget it. Like they may they they won't let you in. But we haven't like I my own experience is that the poor arrival times have not been strictly enforced except during COVID. And so I'd say show up as close to your port arrival time as you can. But if you show up a little early, I doubt that they're going to turn you away. Uh, I should also say, if you want to pose this question in our Facebook group, uh, you might get some various answers from folks based on their experience as well. Walkie talkies are best way to communicate on board the ship. So I think we have highlighted on our show a few times that we have given Nathan a phone now and it works great on board for us because he can text message us back and forth from the kids club or if he checks himself out of the kids club. I have not seen people use walkie-talkies on board. Now that said, they are not on the DCL prohibited items list, so they can definitely be brought on board. I'd make sure that they're kind of, you know, just the consumer grade walkie-talkies because there are some band radio type items like ham radios and emergency beacons. If they're in your checked luggage, I would also just be prepared that someone may pull your checked luggage out to inspect them, which may mean that you need to go down and get your checked luggage on board. I don't know that that will happen, but sometimes if they get questions about whether an item's allowed or not, they're going to default to taking your luggage, opening it up, pulling the item out and examining it, which can delay your luggage's arrival at your room. Uh, I would share your husband's concern that they may not work well on the ship, given the construction of the ship is, is all steel. And on the wish, the kids club is actually on deck two and completely enclosed. That said, the parks panel actually answered this question a while back and did confirm that you were allowed to bring walkie-talkies on board, but they did reinforce your mileage may vary in terms of how good the reception works on board. So if your friends had experience with them working on board, you may have smooth sailing with that. If not, it may be hit or miss depending on where your kids are in the kids club and where you are on the ship and those sorts of things. I don't have any other great ideas as far as communication, you know, apps like WhatsApp and iMessage work on board through the onboard Wi-Fi. Even if you don't have a Wi-Fi package, in, in most cases, there have been some hiccups and we have experienced some hiccups with iMessage working or not uh, when we're on board. But you know, we have told people like if you have an old iPod Touch or a dormant cell phone that doesn't have a cell phone plan and will just attach to Wi-Fi and you can just hook it up with a messaging app for your kids and they feel comfortable using the messaging app, that might be challenging for the three-year-old, obviously. But for the older kid, if they're comfortable kind of using the messaging app and typing you messages or frankly, loading it up with the Cruise Line Navigator app, which has its own messaging function built in, those tend to work pretty well on board. They did used to have these things called wave phones in the staterooms that would work throughout the ship. They're like a portable phone that you could carry with you and give one to a family member and carry another one with you. But they have since eliminated all of those phones on the ship. So really, your best options, I think, are the walkie-talkies or some form of electronic device with messaging on it um, that everyone can, uh, can use. So with that I'm going to I'm going to hand it off to Sam to talk about embarkation day lunch. Sarah, I just want to add one thing to this discussion about communication, which is that if your kids want to be picked up from the kids club, the kids club staff will actually message you through the DCL navigator app to tell you, "Hey, so and so wants to be picked up." So never fear, there is a way to communicate with the kids club staff. Okay, so on to your question about 
embarkation day lunch. You are getting on board probably, you know, around 1 p.m. or maybe even a little bit after. So I'm not actually going to recommend sit down lunch for you with your eight-year-old and your three-year-old. That's going to take too much time. You, Your kids are going to get annoyed at the length of the lunch and you're already going to be sort of later getting on board. So I would not recommend the sit-down lunch for you, but I'm going to recommend you do one of two things. One is go to Marceline Market. It will be open and serving lunch until about 3 p.m., so you shouldn't have a problem getting on and eating there. Although I will uh, warn you, it might be quite crowded. Or your other option, if you really do want to hit the pool deck immediately, one, you should go wearing your bathing suits under your clothes. And two, you should eat on the pool deck. There is amazing pool deck food on The Wish. It's some of the best food on board. There's a barbecue place called Mickey's Smokestack. There's a, we call it Chipotle at sea, but it's called Donald's Cantina. And then there's also the hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken fingers, French fries stand, basically. So there's great deck food. So I would say either choose the buffet in Marceline Market or eat on the pool deck if you want to hit the pools hard that afternoon. Yeah. And Sarah, only one thing I wanted to add was just if you're getting on later in the afternoon, uh, I would just say know thyself in terms of how much food you want to eat in a short period of time. Because if you get on at one and you know you have lunch, you know, 115, 130 in Marceline Market at a buffet or grab pool deck food and you have early dining because you have young kiddos, then your early dining time is going to come, you know, 5.15, you'll be eating 5.45. So just think about you'll have like two meals potentially compressed together. If you have late dining, not an issue. But if you have early dining, just think about sort of how much do you want to eat in that span of a few hours after you get on board. So thank you so much again, Sarah, for leaving us a voicemail. We hope the answers are helpful. We'd love to hear if our tips worked out. So feel free to call us back or send us an email if they did. And uh, happy sailing. We hope you enjoy your first time on The Wish. And it sounds like your first time on Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, have a great time and let us know how it goes. All right. With that, we had one more voicemail come in. It is a comment from a listener, Lindsay. And so let's play her voicemail. Hi, DCL Duo. It's Lindsay calling in from Los Angeles. I spent the morning listening to some of your podcasts because I'm one week out from my 11-night Disney cruise on the Disney Dream leading from Indovectia. I don't know if I said that right. Um, in Italy, and then going through Greece and ending in Barcelona. I first discovered your podcast after going on my second Disney cruise last summer on the wander to Alaska, and your podcast has filled that DCL void ever since. So thank you for everything that you do to bring us some of the magic at sea to our homes and cars and wherever we listen. Have a great time on your next adventure. Well, Lindsay, we're so appreciative of you taking the time to leave us a voice message and just really appreciate that and are so glad that, you know, our podcast and our community are helping to bridge the gap between sailings for you. Really love to hear that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for leaving that message. So again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can. Uh, The number and the voicemail line are in our show notes for every show. So feel free to reach out and call us. And with that, on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sync. 
I hope you got your towel ready because we're going to be spilling the tea tonight, I think. so. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that what Brian. the kids are saying these days? Spill the tea? I don't know. I don't know. These I things. don't know. Uh, what's the hot goss? I feel like that's more, that's probably a better one. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm still trying to make fetch happen. Okay. So <laughs> we'll see. It's not going to happen. <laughs> fetch is not going to happen. Well, we're spilling the tea because we've got a, a former Disney cast member essentially with us, or at least a Disney Cruise Line cast member with us, Danny. Let me start by welcoming Danny to the show. Welcome, Danny. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk everything cruising because I love to cruise. <laughs> nice. Well, awesome. And we have to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Chad Pennycuff over at the My DVC Points podcast. He had Danny on a show not too long ago now. And uh, he IM'd me to say, go listen to my show this week. And he volunteered Danny to come on our show in the middle of his show. And so uh, we reached out and she was kind enough to fulfill that promise to Chad. And so we're excited to have her on this evening. Danny, we love to start with all of our guests. What's your cruising background? And I want to separate, we're going to talk a lot about your professional background with cruising. So if you want to touch on it here, fantastic. But I'd also love to know just you know, do you cruise personally these days? And, uh, you know, what's your experience like with other cruise lines and Disney cruise lines? So yeah, give us your cruising creds. I've actually never been on a cruise before. The, you know, <laughs> I, I just came on here, uh, know nothing about it. Always just dreamed of going going on a cruise. <laughs> no, um, oh gosh, my cruising background, I guess like it first started, I, I was in high school and I went on my very, very first cruise with my family. And we did as our very first cruise, we did an Alaskan cruise, which like, if you know anyone who like is an avid cruiser, they'll always tell you like, don't do Alaska as your first because you're going to be ruined. Like that is like (laughs) the pinnacle of cruises. But um, I guess you could say I was hooked after that. Uh, And then, yeah, I worked on cruise ships for about 10 years. Oh, wow. wow. You don't look old enough to have worked on cruise ships for 10 years, Danny. Oh, (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love welcome. you already. <laughs> yeah, no, I I started on ships right out of college. So I went to, I know you're on the other coast, but I went to the University of Central Florida in Orlando. I went to the Rosen School of Hospitality because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And <laughs> it sounded really cool that I could take wine tasting courses and like, you know, food course, food preparation courses. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could totally do that. And uh, that led me to my first gig working on cruise ships right out of college. So funny enough, I actually went to this career fair and I met uh, this guy and he's like, do you want to travel the world? And, and, you know, make some money and work on a cruise ship. And I'm like, this sounds like a huge scam. <laughs> I thought it was a scam. I was like, this sounds like the best scam ever. And uh, if I don't return home, then it'll be a good story, I guess. <laughs> I took the job. And my first job ever on cruise ship was called a port and shopping guy. So think like, QVC on board a cruise ship and like everybody's personal shopper. Uh-huh. So you're one of those people I watch on TV. Yeah, you're like <laughs> the person when I flip through the channel and they're like telling me all the things I have to go see and buy at this port. You're that you're that person. That was me. And so funny enough, you know, right out of college, I had literally never done any public speaking video anything in my life. And I get there and they're like, you're going to have your own television show. (laughs) What the heck are you talking about? 
So yeah, I used to do like these huge presentations in like the big theater on a stage. I had like never talked in front of anyone in my whole entire life, except for like speech classes, I guess, when you're in college. It was a lot of fun though. Like I got to meet people from all over, especially working on ships, you know. And it's funny you mentioned I was on Chad's show and the reason why I ended up here. Anytime I started telling Chad about like the behind the scenes of like being a crew member, he's like, there's another show for this. You You mentioned that you went to work for what was the first cruise line you went to work with? So that was the cool thing about this company is we actually worked on many of the different cruise lines. So. The CEO of that company, he was a former cruise director, and he just saw a need for people wanting to go shopping in the ports of call. People would always ask him when he was a cruise director, like, where should I shop? How do I know if it's safe? How do I know if it's good? And so he started this program um, and it was really cool. He had so many connections in the industry. And so I worked on Norwegian Cruise Line, Holland America, Silver Sea, Disney Cruise Line. Like we were kind of all over the board. So we were on all different cruise ships and one contract I could be on Norwegian. The next contract I could be on Disney. So it was, yeah, we were all over the board. How many different cruise lines did you end up working on in your time with that company? I did Norwegian, Holland, Silver Sea, Disney, yeah, four. Wow. Four different. That's amazing. And and where did you get to go? Like what destinations? Like were you mostly in the Caribbean? Were you, you know, over in Europe? Were you, you know, sort of all over the place or, or more concentrated in one place? So my first and and mind you, at this time, like I had never traveled anywhere. Well, no, I went out of the country once. On my first Alaska cruise, we went to like Vancouver. That, right. that was really the only place I'd ever traveled. And uh, my very first cruise, they're like, you're going to go to Hawaii. <gasps> like, oh, my God. You have got to be kidding me. Like, I like really? And I'm going to, you know, this is a real thing. I get to go to Hawaii on my first cruise. My very first cruise was um, the Hawaiian cruise. And then right from there, the ship transitioned and we started doing Alaska. So I got to do <sighs> my very first season in Alaska. We did all over the Caribbean. And then actually once, so I did that until 2016. And then I moved over to DVC, Disney Vacation Club. And I worked on board the cruise ships as a Disney Vacation Club guide. And we got to do a lot of other itineraries that I had never done before. So I think now I've probably done every single cruise itinerary that Disney Cruise Line does. So we wow. went, you know, all over Europe and, you know, all over the Caribbean, Alaska, Hawaii. So amazing. And which which ships have you been on with Disney? I have been on the four originals. And it's funny you ask that because being in the cruise industry for so long, I feel like I'm always like in the know about every cruise ship. I mean, I sailed on, you know, the the dream, the magic, the wonder and fantasy. Fantasy, thank you. That was actually the (laughs) ship I was on the most. Um, And so I always knew, you know, everything about those ships. And now that the wish has come out, I haven't been on the wish yet. And it feels a little weird when people are talking to me and teaching me about, you know, this new ship that came out. So yeah, I was on the the four original ships. I'm curious when you had the personal shopper gig, I'm going to call it that. probably has a fancier title than that. But were you like crew on board the ship? So like we know from talking to like entertainers and such that there's like 
there's the crew on board and then like the entertainers sometimes come on and they get maybe like an actual guest cabin at times or things like that. Like what was your, how were you classified on the ship when you were on there doing that kind of work? Yeah. So very different lives as a port shopping guide versus a DVC guide on the ship. So as a port shopping guide, I was considered actually an officer, which so there's it's Ooh. very much cruise life. And this is like the the juicy stuff. So <laughs> cruise life is very much like the military in a sense. So I'm sure you've seen the people with the stripes. Yeah. And the whites. Yeah. 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 And so in the in cruise life, like those stripes are, are a pretty big deal. So I didn't have like one of those, they call them penguin suits. I didn't have one of those, <laughs> but I was actually a three and a half striped officer, which is wow. really high up. And and that's, I don't know why I was, I was not important at all. I did like not, <laughs> you know, do have this like crazy gig. But I think it's just because of all the connections that the CEO of my company had from the Mm -hmm. cruise industry. So when he started the position, he was like, look, if we're going to do this, you got to give my people this and this and this. And so we were officers. We had our own cabins, which is a big deal when you work on a cruise ship because a lot of crew members sleep you know, two, three, four, sometimes even more to a cabin. And they have like an indoor cabin and they're like, you know, all these decks below the the guest level. The belly of the beast. Exactly. Um, And so my stateroom was typically like a pretty decent sized cabin with like a couch and like a pretty big bed. And I had a huge porthole. And yeah, so it was pretty nice gig. And then also with that, we got all like the guest privileges as well. So behind the scenes, we call it the I-95. That's like the crew area where all the crew, I'm sure you probably heard of that. Right. It's the highway. (laughs) Exactly. And so on the I-95, you typically have your crew mess. You have an officer's mess. So that's like where you have, you know, dinner and stuff or all your meals. And so I could eat in either of those messes. And then I could also go to the crew bar and stuff like that. But I could also eat in all of the restaurants if I wanted to as well. Go to all the bars up in the, the crew areas, hang out with the, the guests. So that was, you know, a really wow. cool perk of that too. And so I got to really experience like both sides. And then when I was on the DVC side, we were actually not crew on board. So I was a Disney cast member. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we were just cast on business is what they're called. And so we stayed in a guest stateroom. So we were not even in the crew area at all, which was just so weird for me. So, you know, and and kind of what you were talking about, Brian, is there there was this like in-between status. And that was like your entertainers, your guest entertainers that they would bring on board. So a lot of your magicians and your comedians, Mm -hmm. they would have. Not necessarily a guest stateroom. It was a crew stateroom, but it was usually in a guest area behind like some random door. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. So like kind of an in-between. And so I got to experience what it was like to be, you know, cast on business versus, um, you know, a crew member. And when we were cast on business, the part that I really missed the most was that we couldn't go to the crew bar. We couldn't go eat with the crew. Which I missed. So you had to completely, when you were cast on business, so selling DVC on the cruise ship, you had to always go to like the guest restaurants and wow. So you're really kind of separated from the crew then, even though you're on board, 
not just for like one cruise, right? You're on board for the length of a contract. So no, we would actually do very different. So as a port shopping guide, I would do anywhere from three to six month contracts. Okay. So I was on the whole time. As a DVC guide, I would only go on for like one or two cruises at a time. Mm -hmm. Then I would leave. So the funny thing is when I was a port shopping guide, regular crew member, I sold my car. I didn't have a place to live. Like I was a real life crew member. I was like, you know, and when I worked for DVC, in, in my mind, like, I am taking the next step. Like I'm becoming a real life person and I am getting a car and I'm getting an apartment and I'm going to go grocery shopping, which (laughs) I hadn't done in like six years. And yeah, it was like, for me, that was a huge transition, but it was probably the perfect transition because if you, you know, have obviously probably met a lot of crew members and talked to a lot of people on ships and It really is such a fantasy world out there. And Mm -hmm. it's very hard to transition to regular land life. Like you'll meet Mm -hmm. people that went on a cruise ship. They thought they were going to do one contract. It's like the most infamous thing you hear is I went out for one contract and like 40 years later, like (laughs) here I am. It's hard. It's, it's, It's hard to find a gig on land where you know, you wake up in a new country every day. Mm-hmm. There's always new and fun, exciting things going on. There's always people around. And you get to save almost all the money that you make, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, where do you get to do that? You know, yeah, right. You don't have to pay for your food most of the, I mean, obviously if you're on, um, on shore leave or something like that, right, you've got, you might be buying drinks or food or whatever. But on the on the ship, there's not a lot for you all to spend your money on when you're crew, right? I mean, yeah, you get spoiled. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you describe it, Danny. It's almost like your DVC gig, what you're really doing is like, it's a business trip. You know, I'm headed out on the sea, going to do some work, and then I'll come back and I've got my home base. Whereas, you know, your crew life example is very much like I'm, I'm, I'm on work. I'm on work the entire time. I'm sort of interested in something you said, though, like the the sort of lure of it as being, you know, these you get to go to these exotic places and things are new and constantly new. Do you get a little bit of Groundhog Day? Because, you know, if I think about like the crew on board, like the dream doing like three and four night sailings, like I, I always like, my gosh, it just must be like Groundhog Day over and over again. Like, right. up we're back to port. Up, it's an early warning. Up, we're back. You know, that sort of thing. It's embarkation, debarkation day. Yeah. Does it get, does <laughs> it get monotonous days. at all? Or is it really kind of... As romantic as you might be describing it a little bit, yeah. My answer would have been totally different if I was still working on board. I can guarantee (laughs) that because I think back and I try my best to remember exactly how I was feeling in the moment. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, have you ever been on like a really exciting vacation and there's like you have all these things planned and like you're just go, 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 go. And, And it's fun. But there's like, you know, some stress involved in it and the planning and different things pop up. And and then you get home and you talk about that trip for weeks, months, years even, you know, and you just you only remember like the amazing things about it. (laughs) I think that's how it is. Like, I remember (laughs) being on my Alaskan contract and just being like, Oh, we have to go to Juno again. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I just want to be on a beach somewhere. So yeah, there there definitely is some of that. But 
you know, it, it's all perspective, right? Because there's millions of people that would dream to go to Juno for the 50th time, you know, but and then when you get on land, and you're not in that life anymore, you're like, oh, wish I was going to Juno tomorrow. <laughs> well, so, speaking yeah. of romanticizing, I we can't help but mention that you met your Prince Charming on <laughs> Disney Cruise Line. And I feel like we need to hear about that. I did. Yeah. So my boyfriend, Kevin, he also worked for DVC as well. And so we met, you know, he was on the cruise team and we met working on Disney Cruise Line. We met and then COVID happened very shortly mm. after. Mm-hmm. And so working on board the ship and meeting there, like, you know, that is so romantic. And like having worked on ships for so long, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to meet someone on a cruise ship, I guess. <laughs> it happened really perfectly because like I said, when I was a DVC guide, we didn't do these long contracts. So mm-hmm. we had very different schedules. In fact, we got our schedule for the quarter that was coming up once we started dating. And I think we only had one cruise together and it was like a four night cruise. And so we were just going to be ships passing it in the night. And we're just (laughs) like, how, how are we going to do this? And I remember when we first started dating, I would be on land and he would be on a ship and he'd get done with like a, a long day of work. And the service on board is like really bad. And so he would have to lay on the floor right next to the the door to his cabin to talk to me at night. Um, oh and so that's kind of how we communicated. And it, it was good because we both understood the lifestyle mm-hmm. out there. It wasn't like, you know, why aren't you talking to me all day? Like, where have you mm-hmm. been? It's like, I knew, you know, on, on port days, I was probably going to talk to him a little bit more on sea days. It was like, forget about it. I'm probably <laughs> not going to talk to you for at least 12 hours. Right. Um, and so that was, you know, a little crazy. And we're just like, well, I guess we'll just play it by ear and figure it out and see if we can make it work. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. And also because we work together, we really didn't want people to know that we were starting to date, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, like you don't really know what's going right. to happen. You don't want all the gossip and all the drama. And so we kept it very quiet. Nobody knew about it. Even like our closest friends didn't know for a little while. And then COVID hit. We're like, well, this is convenient. because <laughs> <laughs> This will be really easy to keep a secret now because we're not going to see anyone or talk to anyone. Um, and so, yeah, COVID hit. and. We're like, oh, we're going to find out real quick if we like each other. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to spend a lot of time just together. We spent a lot of time together and um, we're both, you know, adventurers at heart. He loves to travel. I love to travel. And so we actually took like the most epic road trip ever during COVID. We rented an RV. And we wow. drove all around the country. We went to 22 different states. Wow. You know, we were trying to figure out if we liked each other or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Brian's dad told him years and years ago that the best test of whether or not you're like going to end up with somebody is to drive across country with them. And I will tell you that Brian and I, about maybe a year into our relationship, maybe a little bit more, drove across the country together twice okay. and then a year later <laughs> drove you know because we had to drive there and back right we have to, we had drove from from law school in dc 
all the way out to Seattle where Brian was spending his summer at a law firm. And then back at the end of the summer, I had spent my summer in New York. After graduation, we then drove across country to Seattle to move. So we didn't kill each other. We're married today. I'd say kind of successfully, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be 15 years this summer. So I would say so. Check back next year. Check back next year. We'll see where we're at. <laughs> I have a question for you then. Do you remember like your highest high and your lowest low from that trip? <laughs> I remember a low low, which was uh, there was like one day where Brian was really exhausted and I had to drive. And I say this because I don't drive stick and that's the kind of car he had. He did not, oh, he had a, a stick, not an automatic. And I had to like get like going from an on-ramp onto the highway. I lined her up on an on-ramp and I was like, I just need like an hour. And so like I lined her up on an on-ramp and got her, like she got into first and I was like, once you're in first, like getting into second, third, fourth is much, much easier. So we got, I got up to highway speed, we're driving and then the trip had been fine all the way up until that point. And then like one hour of driving, it was traffic backups, accidents, <laughs> everywhere, rain, it was, thunderstorms, yeah. and I was like, just oh pull over. I've got it from here. So yes. it was. So that was my that was my low low. It was terrifying. That was my low low Sam, as well. Did you plan yeah. that so that you didn't have to drive the rest of the trip? <laughs> Seriously, I kind of wished I did. Oh, but gosh, funny. a high high. I got it. But we got to answer the high high. Um, I yeah. probably one of the high highs was that we did stop at um, Mount Rushmore. That was like a cool. Like I would never. Like, go to be fair no offense to anyone from south dakota but it's not like a destination that i have like oh i must oh i must go to south dakota right yeah. but if you're driving through south dakota you must or if you're driving across country why not take that route and see mount rushmore right we so, said the exact same thing yeah yeah absolutely so that was pretty cool and we didn't so, kill each other so that's, that's a high, that's high. Awesome. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I want to hear about your stories from traveling because, you you know, you have all this experience traveling on a cruise ship and now you've got, we'll call it a land yacht. <laughs> You're yeah. traveling around. Yeah. How I have was to that? tell you about my low low. And yeah, I, I know like, you know, we're really just getting to know each other here, but we're going to get to know each other a lot better right now. <laughs> so Kev and I had been dating, I don't know, what, three months at the time. And we went to, oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, there's a couple lows. So I'll, I'll tell you this one first. We went to um, the Great Sand Dunes National Park. Oh, and cool. in our head, we're thinking like, oh, sand, like it's like a beach. So it's going to be, you know, at sea level. <laughs> and I did not realize, you know, how much we were going to climb to get there. And oh, wow. I, I either had altitude sickness or I, I had GI. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that happened in a tiny van. With my boyfriend of like three months. I'm, I'm talking yeah. both ends. Like, <laughs> like three o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, we're getting to know each other. You're going to either it. take it or you're going to leave it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you find yeah, out so real that, quick that was, if he loved you. Yeah, yeah I, I found out very, very fast. He was amazing. Now, you did eventually go back to Florida, right? Yeah. And you are now working with World of DVC. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about that before we do some compare contrast on cruise lines, because I know Brian wants to do that. But I want to I want to hear, you know, how you got to World of DVC and what you're doing there. Yeah. So we got back to Florida. We both went back to DVC. We worked there for a while, um, but it was different. 
you know, cruise ships weren't running at the time. We were both working on land. And the entire time we were back, we were like, how do we leave again? (laughs) Like, (laughs) how do we get out of here? Because we were not (laughs) used to just staying in Florida at this time. And we, we were spoiled, you know, we had the chance to go all the time. We were always on the go. And this was weird, you know, having to be normal people, <laughs> normal land folk. And so we were just constantly like plotting on, on how to leave. And I remember one day Kev gets home and I was like, I have a crazy idea. <laughs> I'm like, you got to sit down for this one. <laughs> He's like, okay, I think we should leave Disney and just go travel around the world for a year. And I was like all lawyered up. Like I was like, I had a whole list of pros and cons. And like I, uh, Kevin worked for Disney for about 12 years at this point. So I was like, there's no way he's going to drop everything and just leave. I thought this was going to be like a three hour long discussion. And he just looks at me and he's like, okay, when do you want to do this? I'm like, wow. I don't know. I was thinking like next month. And he's like, okay. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to make this happen because there's just a lot of logistics that go into it. Um, also, we were like freaking out about telling, you know, our DVC family that we were leaving. We All of our closest friends worked mm-hmm. there. And um, we're like, hopefully they'll understand, <laughs> be supportive. And they were. They actually really, really were. And, and we figured it out. We, we didn't really have many plans at all. We were just like, we're just going to find a flight to Europe and we're we're just going to go from there. So we left. We got a one-way ticket to Madrid for $150 because wow, nobody was flying at the time. And we traveled all around Europe. I think we did nine different countries. And then we came back in December and we did a huge garage sale or house <laughs> sale or whatever. And we sold pretty much everything. Like we have a tiny storage unit in Orlando and that's like everything we own now. But we sold everything because after living in that van, we're just like, we don't want to be bogged down by stuff anymore. You know, so Mm -hmm. we don't need all of this. And we just traveled with a carry on bag and a backpack. And that's what we did for the year. We went to 19 countries and we completely circumnavigated the globe. And we had some of the most epic experiences. Yeah, we did like just this dream come true bucket list trip all around the world. And then um, we ended the trip at Aulani and then actually at Disneyland in California. I had never been and we're just like, what a better way to, you know, end this. It's like it was a very full circle moment. And then um, I had some friends that worked over at DVC Resale Market. And when they got word that, you know, we were in you were coming back. Hawaii and then California, they're like, are you done <laughs> with this thing? <laughs> and um, my really good friend, Marissa, she, you know, works for the company and she's like, I've kind of followed her. She was a port shopping guide with me. Then she went to DVC. I followed her to DVC. Then she went to World of DVC. And then I followed her there. And so she's like, are you ready? Are you ready to come on board? And I was like, I guess so. That was a long story about how I got over to DVC Resale Market. 
That's amazing. I, I want to rewind us back for a second to your your crew life here. I, I had a question about on board. What is the atmosphere like for the crew? And in particular, does it change from company to company? Like I, I always think about our serving team, for instance, and I think, my gosh, these people must just leave here and go straight to bed. And I think, well, there's a crew bar. Uh, maybe they go and unwind. Like I'm just like, what's the... I don't know, what's the atmosphere like or the morale like on these different ships for the crew? Is it pretty high across the board kind of party time vibe or is it more sedate? Like, yeah, what, what's the atmosphere like for the crew on board? It's not calm by any means. <laughs> it is wild <laughs> and crazy. I do think it changes from cruise line to cruise line for sure. You are bringing together hundreds of people from all different walks of life, from all different nationalities. And you're putting them on a boat and you're like, <laughs> you're working together, you're right. eating together, you're partying together. I mean, it gets wild. I, will, <laughs> I mean, if they ever made a TV show, it would be number one <laughs> yeah. on charts. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You work really hard. You work crazy hours, but you play really, really hard as well. It's amazing. There's also a lot of drama that goes on because <laughs> as you can imagine, like you're living there. So, you know, right. a lot of people are dating on the cruise ship. There's a saying um, on ships. It's till gangway do us part. So you like date for a contract and then you kind of go your separate ways. But if you're on ships for long enough, you're probably going to end up at some point being on the same ship again. And it's wild. It is wild. So, yeah, I would say maybe not every day, but I would say most days they're not going straight to sleep. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to do. There's also um, kind of like you have the cruise director. You also kind of have that for the crew as well. So there's like a crew oh. enrichment officer that their whole job is planning parties for the crew, planning different games. So a lot of times if we have like a comedian on board or a, a magician, they'll do or a hypnotist, like they'll plan shows just for crew. So when everybody's sleeping, you know, we take over the the theater and we'll do like private shows for the crew oh, or like the, oh, cool. the cast on board, the entertainers on board will do crew only shows or there's like talent shows. There's so many fun activities that are always being planned for the crew. Another one that I love is the shore excursions team will typically have either a shore excursions just for the crew that you can mm -hmm. sign up for. Or you can sign up to kind of volunteer and assist on a on a shore excursion as a crew member. So oh, cool. you can go on and, and help and you sign up for it and you get to go on these excursions for free. And then mm -hmm. you just like if the guests have any questions, you just kind of assist. And so that's, you know, a really cool perk, too. But yeah, the morale is generally amazing. Um, yeah. But lots of craziness, lots of drama as well. But <laughs> And then I would say Disney is probably like a little tamer than mm -hmm. yeah. the other cruise line. I thought yeah. Hall in America would be the tamest because to be nice, they call it the nursing home at sea. offend anyone there, but uh, I just assumed. But no, uh, the the guests not, not on the cruise side, little, right? Yeah, not, not on the cruise. Well, the side. guests the guests go to bed a little earlier. The crew has more time on board to have fun. So there you go. Yeah, um, there you go. 
Um, and then also like they'll hold parties and stuff. So like if you celebrate a certain holiday in your country, they'll have like a huge party for that holiday and you get to try the different food. And a lot of them, you know, are probably chefs on board or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever department they work and they have the hookup and they can yeah. provide, you know, specific foods from their country. And then there's like a DJ and the DJ will play certain music or, you know, we'll have like, we had a lot of like Filipino karaoke nights and stuff no, like I that on board. <laughs> and so you, you really start to learn about the different cultures and there's so much mixing and mingling as well. Oh, that's so much fun. Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. How is the food on board? Lots of speculation from people about like what the food's like. And actually, we were talking to somebody, I forget who, uh, but a crew member on Disney Cruise Line and they were saying, oh, my God, when there's the leftover French toast and they bring it down to the mess, it's like a free for all so that we can get like, the French toast or the waffles or something. And we're like, my God, they I think it was Rebecca that was telling us that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but somebody was like, well, you can't afford French toast for the crew at these prices that they're charging us. But like, I so I'm just curious, like, how is the food on board? Because we've heard different things from different different people. So I never ate in the crew area on Disney. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, no, I did. And it was pretty good. From what I when remember. you were in shop, oh, when you were a shopping guide, you probably yeah. But did, I did but- a very, very short stint on Disney, um, so mm-hmm. I did eat in the crew mess, and I remember it being good. But um, it also has to do with th- who is working on board. So for like Norwegian and Holland America, a majority of the crew members, like a big majority of the crew members, were Filipino and Indonesian, and mm-hmm. so in the crew mess, they actually will have a lot of traditional foods from their home countries so that they feel a little bit more at home. And so, you know, that might not be my palate, you know, like Mm -hmm. I might not think it's the best food in the world. So it really depends on who you talk to, but for them, it's a little slice of home. And so it really depends on the cruise line that you're on. Like MSC, for instance, has like a lot of European crew members. And so you might see like completely different food on on that cruise line than you would on maybe like a Norwegian or Holland. And then you also have the crew mess versus the officer's mess. And that's going to be very different as well. So your crew mess is going to be more of like a buffet style. And then a lot of the officer's mess are like white tablecloths. And, you know, you order off a menu and the food comes straight from the dining room. 
And so that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what that crew life looks like. Um, And the food is phenomenal, typically, in the officer's (laughs) mess because it's coming straight from the the dining rooms. And then, of course, you have, you know, when I was a DVC guide, we would eat at all the restaurants and the food was amazing. (laughs) But... You eat the same food every <laughs> right <laughs> every <laughs> contract right every, every week every, you eat every week the, the right. menu starts over again and even that gets old you know I mean I was having filet mignon and and <laughs> lobster but eventually right. I was like can I just get like some spinach please <laughs> like I just want <laughs> some just chicken with nothing on it like I, just want, <laughs> I don't want all the sauces I mean try to lose a pound on a cruise ship like and then. <laughs> Oh you God. work there forever and it's just yeah it's like yeah. can i just get like something healthy can please an apple or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah let me ask this too you had a lot of guest interaction both as a crew member and you know as a dvc guide but what's the i'm gonna set this up as a sort of two-parter what's the thing that the guests do that like you would say most annoys the crew and what's the thing that <laughs> you've seen guests do that the crew is like, that's amazing, right? So I'll give you an example. We had someone on recently who said, it's always really welcome when people just ask us about us, right? Like they get to know us a little bit. Like that's a really special interaction to have with the guests because it feels like they care about us, not we're not there to serve them. We're there to, you know, interact with them, right? So, you know, that's one example we've heard. But I'm curious from, you know, your time on board, like what were those things that like a guest would do that would just be like, oh my God, that is the worst thing ever versus that is the greatest thing ever. So a lot of times when guests go on a cruise ship, they, I don't know what it is. It's like they step on the gangway and it's just like their brain sometimes like falls out of their head and they, <laughs> they're like i'm on vacation like give me a margarita and i don't want to think for the rest of the week yeah and you'll just get like the craziest questions like yeah. i mean and they'll just do some dumb things like you're just like seriously um so i i think that's probably like like when they walk up to you and they're like do you live here like you you live on the boat like like where do you think i live like what do you mean you think i go home every day like are you crazy right where do i go yeah so just like the the stupid questions i mean i'm sure i would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and think like you do not ask these questions when you're on land but for some reason you're just maybe it's the the sea or the waves or i don't know (laughs) or like my microwave in my room isn't working Uh, there's no microwaves in the room yeah no i keep i keep trying to reheat my food and and uh, that's a safe um there's no microwaves in the room um uh, there's some oh there's some, we could probably write a book on all the crazy <laughs> things that we hear and then the best thing for me personally because i had so much guest interaction it has to just be the the amazing families that i've met throughout the years that i am still very close with to this day would literally call me and be like i want to go on a ship in march what Crew, what Which ship one? are you going to be yeah. on? I don't care where you are in the world. I'm going to go on that ship because you were there. Oh, um, it, it gives me the chills because I'm still like still super close with a lot of them to this day. The other question that I had for you that I'd be remiss in not asking: We don't have many people on who have experience with you know all of these ports of call, right? So actually, a couple questions here. What was your favorite? Maybe not one. I'll give you a couple. Like, what was your favorite ports of call to visit? 
can I say like cruises? Because ports, yeah. Yeah. ports are hard, you know, like sure. I can yeah. say like the whole cruise. So like epic cruise, Alaska. I think Alaska is like the, the creme de la creme. Like it is bucket yeah. list experience. The whole cruise is full of bucket list experiences. Like I'll kind of tell you like my favorite cruises and then like my favorite excursions to do on Love that okay. cruise. So like for Alaska, I mean, something I will remember for the rest of my life was we got to do a glacial ice cave tour. So we actually went inside of the glacial ice caves. And then we put like those crampon things on your shoes that with the Mm -hmm. spikes and we walked on top of the glacier. And like there were these huge crevasses and I'm just like leaping over the crevasses. And I've just felt like the coolest person in the world. (laughs) That was like one of my top excursions I've ever done. And then taking the helicopter up to the glacier and like dog sledding on the glacier. Epic. Ugh. The the train in Skagway. Oh, um, we keep the hearing whale about the train. Tours. Oh, Ugh. yeah. Number one tour in Skagway. Uh, whale watching, zip lining. Just it's just adventure after adventure. Um, my other two favorite cruises would have to be the Baltic cruise um, that I did on Disney, as well as the Mediterranean cruise. I did two different Baltic routes. I got to go to Russia, which probably never get to go there again. (laughs) That was just cool to be able to, you know, experience. I I got to do that twice. And then we did a route that went to Iceland. And so Mm, like that was epic. And we did the Golden Circle. So that was like my favorite tour. And then the Med, taking the boat to Cinque Terre and just seeing, you know, all the colorful buildings on the cliff from the ocean or from the from the seaside and yeah that was that was awesome well i feel like we would be remiss too danny since you spent a good chunk of your time on board as a port shopping guide not at least asking the question so where are the good ports to go find stuff to buy versus <laughs> the ports that you would tell people like just don't even bother like so just, is I, diamonds international any good like should i actually <laughs> buy from diamonds international that's really what the inquiring minds want to know okay i would say it really depends on what you're looking for as far as like the ports of call go for instance like cartagena colombia like the most beautiful emeralds you'll ever see. And then the the thing, the fact of the matter is the Caribbean is just a tax and duty-free zone. Mm-hmm. And they have so many people. I mean, thousands, thousands. Like these stores, the reason why they're able to do the discounts that they do is because these stores see more volume in one hour than like a retail store in the United States will see in an entire oh, wow. year. Wow. So they're buying and selling in huge, huge, huge volume. And so, mm. yeah, like all of these stores are better deals than you're going to get at most retail stores. I mean, if you have this like, you know, jeweler that's a family friend that works on 47th Street in New York City and you've been going <laughs> to him for years and he knows your whole family and he, he made your great grandmother's wedding ring, are you going to get a better deal there? Probably. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you have the hookup. But like for the average person, like you're not going to find those kind of prices at, at a regular retail store in the mall or just like a jeweler over here. So yeah, I, I would say it's definitely worth it. You have to, 
I would say always go with a shopping guide, like a port shopping mm-hmm. guide, because I knew the owner of Diamonds International. Right. So when I was getting people deals, like I wasn't negotiating with like the average person behind the counter, like I was going straight to the top. So right. it is it is super helpful to shop with the shopping guide. And yeah, they have a huge selection. So like pretty much anything that you're looking for, they either have it or they can get it for you really easily. And then they do have great prices. They usually start pretty high, but they're always negotiable. Right, right. Yeah. There's a lot of wiggle room there. Yeah, never, ever, ever. My biggest piece of advice, never pay the ticket price in any of those stores. <laughs> <laughs> the key is always to then just become completely distant. Ah, well, we're going to think. And suddenly it's yeah. like, oh, let me get my calculator out and just do What are you thinking about? You know, and then suddenly the numbers start to come <laughs> so down. It's yeah. funny yeah. what will happen when you start to walk away. Yeah, always <laughs> sure. do that. That's my yeah. trick. All right. I got to ask just a couple of questions before we wrap up here. Okay. What was your favorite cruise line to work on? Because obviously, I mean, you had experience on a number of different lines and then you went to Disney through DVC, which was a slightly different experience, obviously, as in a different role. But, you know, what did you like being on? Did you like being on the other cruise lines? Did you like being on Disney? And, and, and what are the reasons for whichever one was your favorite? It's hard to pick. So I could probably tell you like what I liked and maybe didn't like about each. That might be a little bit easier to answer. For Disney, you know that the service on Disney is just top of the line. Like there's no other cruise line like it. And the crew get treated the same way on Disney. Mm -hmm. And so that I loved. Like I really felt taking care of all the time. I'd even be like, please, please don't clean my room. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. Do not disturb. And they would still be like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, and and they just really take care of you there. And yeah, so I would say that's probably my favorite part about Disney. As far as like party lifestyle, I would say Norwegian is crazy. They're all about freestyle cruising. And, and then Holland America was like, I feel like where I met some of my best friends, like people mm. that I am still the closest with to to this day. It's a lot more like the the ships are smaller, so wow. the it's a little bit more intimate the crew mm-hmm. life. And then I did a contract on a cruise line called Silver Sea. Yeah, really mm-hmm. small, right? Very small. Every single room on board was a suite. Mm-hmm. So like minimum 15 grand for yeah. a seven night cruise on these ships. I got to be in one of those suites because there was like <laughs> not enough crew cabins or something on board. I literally had a butler oh my God. assigned to my suite. I had oh a huge God. like jacuzzi tub in my room. Like wow. every morning I would get woken up, the, the butler would come in and and draw my shades and like <laughs> set up my table with a white tablecloth and a beautiful pink flower every morning. And my breakfast would be there. You could order caviar to the room. Like, oh I mean, goodness. it was just insane. So that was like probably the most unique crew yeah. experience <laughs> I've, I've ever had. But yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. This is going to sound silly, but what's like your favorite like meal from when you were on Disney? Oh, the tuna tower. 
Oh. <laughs> the ahi tuna tower. The ahi tuna tower. I could eat that every day. I, sometimes I wouldn't even eat dinner. I would just have two ahi tuna towers. <laughs> and I would I would go to the dining. If I was just exhausted, I would just go to the dining room. And, you know, you switch around every day. And, but, but I had the hookup, you know, like I knew someone. Yeah. So I was like, can I just get that tuna tower every day? <laughs> I loved the tuna tower. And then... Oh, those beignets at Tiana's place. Oh, yeah. I dream yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last question for you, Danny, which is, so you sailed on the four, well, I guess we would call them original ships now because they're not the classics yeah. or just the magic and the wonder. But what was your favorite ship to sail on with Disney? I, I So I liked the wonder and the magic mm-hmm. because I liked how small and intimate they were. Mm-hmm. I liked that I could meet someone on the first day. I could you know, genuinely say like, I'll see you later in the cruise and actually see them and spend time with them later on in the cruise. Whereas like, you know, on the fantasy and the dream, it's like, I'm probably never going to see you again. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I really liked that. And I also just love that those smaller ships, I love the itineraries on the smaller ships. Like, yeah, they can, those ships can get into some of the smaller ports, which. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I prefer. I mean, that's another thing, you know, being on ships for 10 years. I'm like, there's only so many times you can go to the Caribbean. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many times you can go to Cozumel, Mexico. Like, right. yes. I want something new. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For sure. No. Well, Danny, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I've had so much fun. Um, do you want to let folks know how they can find you at World of DVC? Because uh, uh, we do get a, quite a few folks on uh, our podcast who are DVC owners. So yeah, do you want to let them know how they can find you? Yes, especially if you're a DVC owner. Um, I just want to say real quick, there is the most amazing cruise swap program um, that we have. So as you know, you can use your points to go on a cruise, but... If you've looked at those cruise point charts, you probably know that they are very, very high. Well, through the world of DVC, you can actually use your points to go on a cruise for about half the cost of if you were to book direct through Disney. So definitely, if you love to cruise, like look into that. I cannot think of a better way to go on Disney Cruise Line um, if you're a DVC member and you love to be out on the high seas. But yeah, if you are looking to add on to your membership, if you're looking to purchase for the very first time, um, the coolest thing about our company is every single one of us, we are all former Disney cast members. We are all former DVC guides. So we have a lot of experience. We have helped thousands and thousands of families join DVC, both direct and resale. Um, So we have a ton of knowledge and we are so passionate about making sure that you, you know, find the right contract for your family will help you to, you know, answer all of your questions. So definitely reach out to us for that. And then also, if maybe you're an owner and you need to sell a contract for whatever reason, we are more than happy to do that. In fact, our inventory is pretty low because we're just selling everything. So uh, there's a <laughs> lot of buyers out there right now if you want to sell. Um, we can definitely sell your contract for you too. The best way to reach me is actually my cell phone. <laughs> you can call me or t- actually text me any day, pretty much any time. If I'm sleeping, I just won't answer. But my number is 954-257-2425. So that's 954 
Or if email is better for you, you can email me at danny at dvcresalemarket.com. And we will also make sure to put that in our show notes so that folks can find yeah. it easily. Um, yeah. And I'll say that we actually bought our resale contracts that we have. We, we do have one direct contract at Riviera through Disney, but we bought our Grand California points and our Aulani points all through DVC Resale Market. I've also used World of DVC to rent our points a few times. So yeah, it's... Uh, That's right. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a great, yeah. great, great service. Renting, yeah. is, renting is great. Like when we were traveling and, you know, all over the world, we weren't using the points one year. So we actually rented them out through the rental store as well. And it was awesome because it gave us yeah. more money to travel. <laughs> it was exactly. perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Danny, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you this evening. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and wish you all the best with your upcoming adventures and your time in Italy. Thank Thanks. you so, so much. It was, it was so great chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 413-5590 and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.